Anchor with host Melissa Burbridge. In this podcast, I will share the changing decisions. The purpose of this podcast is to tell their stories and inspire change with him. Stick around and share their journey with me. Today on the podcast, we have Brett Allen joining us all the way from the Bay Area in California. He also has the Open Mic Podcast. He used to suffer from PTSD, and now he interviews the stars. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. I definitely loved your episode with Eric Roberts. If nobody knows who that is, he's one of my favorite actors. So, I, I yeah, he's great. He's Hollywood royalty. He, I mean, his sister uh, Julia is an actress. I mean, everybody knows who she yeah. is, and of course, his daughter Emma as well. And then he has stepkids as well that are in the industry and his wife. So, I mean, there it's a family business. So it was yeah. a fun conversation talking with them. Thank you. Yeah, no, that was great. So what did you do before interviewing the stars? What did I do? Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I was in the wine industry business. Um, I did sales and marketing and a lot of different things. And that's kind of what I've always done. I started my podcast about two years ago. And then when the pandemic started, that's when I started back up again and really started to get some longevity. But my background is sales. Um, I have also an associate's degree in counseling psychology. So those two things, I, I combine them together and hopefully it uh, they work well in interviewing fantastic people and being on shows like this. But that's kind of the Reader's Digest version of, of my background. No, wine sales. That sounds interesting. I don't think I'd last a day because I drink it all. Yeah, well, that can be a problem if you like <laughs> to drink wine, and especially when you have access to free bottles all the time and all of that. It's, it's, it can be fun, but then you become snobbish and elitist about what you like. Yeah. And so people don't like to drink wine with you when you always have something to say or comment about. Cork dorks is what we call them. Uh, and it's easy <laughs> to become one of those uh, when, you, when you're when you in it all the time. <laughs> I can imagine that. And especially that great California wine. We love that up here. I do like our Nova Scotia wine, but California wine is one of my favorites. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, so I know you suffered from PTSD. Myself, I, I have had that. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got the PTSD? Well, you know, it's interesting because I didn't realize I had it until after my marriage had ended. And, you know, it's, it's something that is, can be taboo to talk about because people mm-hmm. don't like to acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. And then when you start putting a label on things like that, it really starts to bring to light the problem and helps you go to places where you can seek help and to deal with it. Sometimes for, for me, it was counseling and a little bit of medication And for other people, it's every different thing. So I'm not a doctor, but that's what worked for me. I started noticing it when I was struggling in dealing with intimacy and relationships. You know, intimacy, and to me, I see when you're really able to bring those barriers down and let people come in and be a part of your life. And for me, relationships were always a challenge. Um, 
I can be really good at making friends, but then keeping them at a distance, right? Yeah. When you start to come in and they start to find out about who you are and your flaws and really see that picture of who Brett is, then it's scary, right? Nobody likes that part of them. And they definitely don't want to share that with the world. <laughs> at least yeah. I didn't. So that's where I really first started noticing. It was after that as I was going to my divorce and getting counseling. And I realized that it went all the way back to my relationship with my mom growing up. She was very verbally, verbally and physically abusive. Also, my dad, my parents were divorced. And so there was that. But my father, on one hand, overcorrected and helped me to a fault and would literally just like bail me out of every single problem financially that I had. And so I didn't learn like some people how to solve problems because somebody always did it for me. Does that make sense? Nope, that makes perfect sense. So couple all of that together, you know, having parents that a mother who didn't show a lot of love physically and was more works driven, if I could say that, like her love language was acts of service, right? Mm. And so doing things and fixing things was the way that she perceived love. So taking all that together, it was probably about five years ago that I realized it. And then it's taken me the last couple years, if not longer, to really talk about it and to recognize it. And it's helped me build relationships whether it's with a woman dating or just friendships. And uh, I had, it got so bad. It was paralytic to me. Like I couldn't do anything uh, because I struggled with it so much. And so I started taking some medication and getting counseling, uh, cognitive therapy. And of course, again, I'm not a doctor, but that's what worked for me. And now when I get into a situation, a dating relationship, particularly I'm able to be, a little bit more um, emotionally connected. And even, I'm going to spell this because I have a child in the room, but SEX <laughs> was a problem as well and PTSD from that as well. So you take all of that and put it together, it's a ticking time bomb, Melissa. Yeah. And if you don't address it, it will paralyze you and almost make it virtually impossible for you to have any kind of relationships. And so... That's kind of a, a mixed bag answer, but really that's what has helped me course correct it and recognize it and to get help and to deal with it. Now, I really appreciate you sharing that story. Um, yeah, it takes a lot to actually admit you have PTSD. A lot of people don't understand that. No. There definitely is a lot of stigma around it. Um, you definitely get judged as soon as... You, you do, yeah. And people go, oh, well, you know, it's not just like something that, you know, you experience it, you know, most people antiquate it with like military and seeing combat, but emotional combat and spiritual combat, all of that quantifies PTSD and yeah. being able to deal with it, especially growing up in the church and, and having a very strong religious background and, and being a pastor at one point, you know, you're taught that all of those things are just categorized as one particular thing and you can't allow that and your category of, of spirituality, those two aren't allowed to be combined. Otherwise, you're looked down upon as well. And so learning to separate all that out 
and just com- not compartmentalize it, but really just fix it and, and figure out a way and not even just replace it with behavior therapy, but really getting to the root of the problem and fixing it. Well, I know that's about the only thing that can help you is to really yeah. work through it. Um, so I know that you moved, you made the big move from Kansas to California. What was that like? And how did that change how, like your behavior or your mood? Yeah, well, actually, I, I kind of, it was Kansas to New Mexico and then New Mexico to here. Um, but really, like, I moved out here to pursue a relationship who at the time uh, was my wife and my son's mother. And again, part of what I think was a destructive quality of that relationship was not dealing with the PTSD, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, I was excited. I came out here with great visions of grandeur and plans of a life that would go one way. uh, And it went completely the opposite. So, you know, it, 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 it changed me a lot and really made me a different person. I don't think I was necessarily ready for that type of commitment. But I was older and I had this fear that if I didn't do this now, that it will never happen. And that's sort of what I, looking back now, I couldn't admit that at the time, but really what drove that move, right? Yeah. And I literally sold everything except the shirt off of my back and came out here with no plan, no job. I did have a savings. And then two years into that, my, my son was born and that, really changed everything (laughs) significantly. (laughs) Yeah. Did you ever regret moving to California or do you like California? Like your ex aside? Well, I mean, sure. On some level, you know, like especially towards the beginning. Now it's just part of my life. I mean, I do miss New Mexico uh, and that's just for weather reasons and the cost of living is a lot cheaper. (laughs) But (laughs) past that, I like it here. It's great. It's been very good to me. Yeah. So when did you first start doing podcasts? So I started about two and a half years ago. I saw an ad online on Facebook, I think for Anchor. And I liked it because, you know, you could do it from your phone. And if you had an iPhone, it was even easier to do. And that really what piqued my interest. And so it started out like a journey podcast. Um, and I would just talk about things. That was also part of what was good for me in dealing with my PTSD and, and just other issues. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, two and a half years ago, and then I started interviewing people. I interviewed friends, some family, and that's how I started. And then I just got bit by the bug. And now, you know, two and a half years later, I took a break for a while, for about a year, and then started back up in January. And then when the pandemic hit, that's really where I started to get a lot of traction and, you know, interview some of the people that I've interviewed. So is this what you want to do from this point on is, Oh yeah. I mean, if if I could do it full time, which I have been kind of by default because I was laid off because of the pandemic, but sure. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to turn it into a business you can see and, you know, really make it something successful Um, I mean, financially, it's hard to make money just alone from a podcast. So you have to have other revenue streams. But sure, absolutely. I mean, I could do this until I die. Yeah, definitely. So how 
How did you learn to start getting your ideal guests? That's like a big thing for for me. How would you start with stars? Yeah, well, so the first thing I would say is you just need to practice interviewing and getting good at that. I think one of the misconceptions is, is that, you know, I mean, some people do really well and they start out of the gate interviewing people like that. I mean, it can happen. But it for me, it's been a hard hustle to get there. Um, it's taken a lot of time to build trust with people, uh, publicists and, you know, managers and knowing that they know that you can handle their guests and you're going to respect the boundaries and guidelines that are set up by them. Some of them, you know, you can talk about a lot and some it's very specific and narrow about what the interview can consist of. And so they will tell you, please don't talk about this or that. Can we have your surety? So for me, again, I was at first interviewing just like entrepreneurs and influencers. And then I eventually got my first celebrity. Um, and then it's just built from there. And so now I have created a large enough show and a large enough audience where I can pitch somebody. And I get told no all the time. Like it's not always yes, yes, yes. I still hear no's quite frequently, but I'm finding now I'm at least getting through the front door uh, to the gatekeeper. And then now it's pretty much we'll ask them if they're interested or sometimes the publicist will just say, no, we're going to pass. So it took me a long time and I was looking at my numbers and my analytics and going, what does my audience respond the most to? Well, they don't really respond to entrepreneurs a lot. Those are a lot of fun. And I kind of had exhausted that topic. So I chose to not do that anymore. Just for me personally, it didn't fit. I also found that a lot of these managers and publicists were looking at my show feed and seeing who I was having. And so I had to set a clear goal to keep my podcast feed clean and just keep it within this certain window of the type of guests that I wanted to talk to, right? And that's how I narrowed it down. And now I've, I feel like I've gotten pretty good at it. And so now, except for maybe the one or two exceptions, I mean, and staying in my lane, you know, the sky's the limit with that. No, that's awesome. You definitely have to watch. You have to give the audience what they want. You can't just exactly. interview anybody. It, no. it has to be who well, it was. Quality over quantity is my motto. Yeah, definitely. So um, how has COVID changed things? Like, what is the feeling like in California right now with COVID? Well, I mean, we're back on lockdown again. You know, a lot of stuff is still closed. So... It's been great for interviews because everybody's home and they have time. And that helped me get to where I am as well. Um, I mean, it wasn't until the last five months is where I really started gaining a lot of success. So I owe that to COVID, you know, as a positive thing. But I mean, people are scared, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. Things are opening and closing. um, And it's really forced a lot of people to just kind of reinvent their lives and and start a second act. Do you find it can bring a negative connotation to your podcast sometimes? No, I don't think so. I mean, when the riots were happening and um, there was that killing, his name is escaping me right now. Like, you know, I kind of stopped for a little bit there, but I mean, you know, it hasn't had a negative effect in that sort of way. I mean, if anything, there's been, uh, you know, 
more of a captive audience, <laughs> so to speak. That's good. So if you could choose any guest in the world, who would be your dream guest? Oh, geez. I mean, that's a tough question. I don't know. Like, I like to talk to people who are interesting. I, you know, I mean, of course, I would love to interview, you know, Brad Pitt or Tom Cruise or any of those people because I think their lives are so interesting. But, you know, I'm far removed from those types of interviews. So <laughs> I try and go for, you know, the fringes and get the celebrities that people know that are that seem more relatable, if that makes any sense. But I mean, anybody like that, uh, you know, Katie Sackhoff is another one. Just anybody that's interesting, the comedian Joe Coy. I mean, I would love to talk to any of those people and have tried some of them and um, some of them just aren't interested or just aren't available at the moment. Yeah, you do. all you can do is try again at some point. Yeah. Um, so you are a co-founder of something pretty cool for podcasters. Can you explain that? Yeah, Cheap Seat Entertainment. So over the couple last few months, I've been getting a lot of um, people asking me how to book celebrities, how to pitch, you know, just kind of the ins and outs of things. And I've done some live seminars, but I've decided to pivot that and start a business. And it's really not completely launched yet, but really what what my goal is, is to help people put people on their show. It doesn't have to be a celebrity. It could be an entrepreneur be an influencer. And there's like one of the things they don't teach you in these podcasting classes is how to get people. And so I've been very fortunate and very successful with it. And so I've taken it and now I'm going to try and start help. I've helped a few people. So if you're listening and you need help, uh, cheapseatentertainment.com, let me know. I can do a $10 Zoom consultation and uh, we can help you figure out who's great for your show and hopefully get some people on it. But it's been a really positive response so far. Thank you. So what podcasts do you have coming up? Oh, geez, you're going to put me in that. <laughs> well, let's see. Coming up, I have Allegra Edwards from Ooh. the TV show Upload on Amazon Prime. Nice. Uh, Fabrizio Guido from Mr. Iglesias on Netflix. Uh, Greg Proops from Whose Line Is It Anyway? And a couple other tricks up my sleeve. Um, I just released an episode with Eric Roberts, comedian Tommy Davidson. Um, and uh, yeah, so Allegra's up next. So she'll be dropping probably tomorrow or Friday. And uh, if you haven't seen Upload on Amazon Prime, you absolutely have to. It is just the best. And so yeah, she's next and a couple other people around the bend. No, that is a good show. I just finished that. So who motivates you to keep going? My son. I, I want to create a legacy for him, something that he can be proud of and look back at from years to come and go, that was my dad. Uh, maybe he'll take an interest in it. Maybe he won't. Uh, but yeah, I mean, honestly, that's what drives me for anything in life is to create this image and this attitude of a role model uh, and just be the parent and the dad that I can be the very best version of that, not being concerned about what I didn't get, but providing him uh, what he needs to be successful in life, whatever that looks like. And that's very special. Where can people find out more about you? 
Well, they can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Brett's Open Mic, B-R-E-T-T-S Open Mic, O-P-E-N-M-I-C, or the Open Mic Podcast dot show. That's my website. You can connect with me there. Uh, Facebook, Brett Allen, and uh, CheapSeatEntertainment.com. Yeah, and you should definitely check out his podcast. It's pretty cool. So Thank who, you. you're welcome. Who inspires you? Oh, geez. You know, I, I think that there are so many people that do, like, outside of, I mean, podcasting, there are a few people, but, you know, I just, I like people who meet other people where they're at and want to help. You know, a lot of times people will only help you to the extent that it's going to help them. And that's really kind of the negative side to this industry. But really, you know, I just, I have a lot of great people in my life. My stepmother, of course, um, you know, just a lot of gracious people who, my neighbor who inspires me just how to love people and treat them well, you know, just, there's a mix of different people. Joe Rogan and Adam Carolla, um, Jordan Harbinger, Dave Jackson. There's just a lot of people uh, who kind of give me input into life indirectly. And then, of course, you taking the time to come on the podcast today and share your story, your very personal story with us. Sure. It means a lot. Um, it's, some, it's a hard subject to talk about. So I really do appreciate that. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. You have a great show yourself. So keep pushing on. Thank you.